0: Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square. Right now, in a galaxy very near, in Southern California, four normies gathered to discuss the Skywalker saga in anticipation of its closure. It's the seventh episode of Star Vember and Sember. It's the Force Awakens on Normies Like Us.
1: Sure, we're home. you Solo. You got a name? Right. Finn. I'm gonna call you Finn. Is that alright? Raider. Teacher, I can show you the ways of the Force. That's not how the Force works. I will finish what you started.
2: We're back, Normies. It's The Force Awakens on a special episode of Normies Like Us. Wake up, Normies, because again, we're talking Star Wars like we said up top. It's Star War Warsember with your host, Princess, no, I'm sorry, General Colin. Uh, this is Mike Kanata uh
0: joe dameron
2: nice uh this is kablo ren
3: <laughs> these are some of the best <laughs> ones we've had actually i love this
2: everybody did new characters but me i, I
3: gotta throw og to the princess guys there you that's go. right she's royalty to me joe good to have you back after last week we're glad you got the transmission through for the return of the jedi now it's the return of the joe guy hey so we've, we've done it hey, <laughs> happy to be uh, back man talk the, the return really of
0: star wars right
3: that's right the first yeah, of the it's kind of
2: amazing that we didn't have to wait as long as we did to have you back, Joe. But here we are. Um, a much easier question this week, guys, when I ask you, do you remember the first time you saw this? As it was not too long ago. But I'll, I'll go around, I'll ask Mike, do you remember the first time you saw this movie?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I saw it down uh, near... Uh This theater in my old house. Uh, Now I live somewhere else, so I guess this is not relevant. But yeah, I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, finally, we get Star Wars. I was very hyped for it. Even leading up to this one, I had rewatched the original trilogy, the prequels, and like a ton of the Clone Wars cartoon. That's when I did a lot of my Clone Wars and Rebels uh, viewings, was to get ready for this. Probably not Rebels, definitely Clone Wars. And uh, yeah, overall, I liked it. How about Joe?
0: Oh, uh, this was. A really fun time. We we went all out, man. Saw it in Hollywood at the El Capitan Theater, uh, which is Disney's, like, official theater in Hollywood, if you're unfamiliar with the area. Right across the street from the Grauman, which, of course, you've seen all of the legendary pictures of Star Wars opening there back in the day. And uh, there was just, like, a buzz of energy, man. Everyone was so excited. Star Wars was back. Uh, we were lined up outside before it started. And, yeah, I mean, I remember being uh so jazzed about it going in and leaving happy
3: awesome awesome jacob how about you
4: well i mean i can barely remember what i ate for lunch yesterday (laughs) probably one quarter Uh,
3: portion (laughs) (laughs)
4: nice um but you know i i i kind of remember seeing it i mean i assume i might have saw it with colin i don't really remember but uh, you are correct yeah yeah we, we probably wouldn't saw it you know uh I was super psyched for it, obviously. And then, of course, like every time one of these new Disney movies has come out, I see it when it comes out. And then like a week later, I go visit my family for the holidays and then we all go see it together. So all you know, I saw it twice, um, that, twice in theaters and then, um, you know, same with Last Jedi as well. But.
2: Uh, a classic tradition I am also prepared to do, buddy. I'm very happy that we do that. We see Star Wars together and then say goodbye off to see more Star Wars with our
4: families. <laughs> of course, of course.
1: That's
4: a good point.
2: um, I did the
1: same thing. Usually see him twice.
2: Yeah. Oh, you got to, guys. I mean, you have to. And again, it's like, it's the most palatable blockbuster on the planet, right? Like, obviously, your folks are going to want to
4: see it too, right, Normies? Yeah. And in many
3: cases, your folks introduce you to the whole thing. So it's a generational gift now.
4: Yeah. I mean, no one in my family is into as into star wars as i am um so you know i like to go see it opening night they usually don't they wait for the the holidays and then i go see it again with them but they're seeing it for the first time so i can get their reactions it's it's a good time oh jacob that kylo ren
3: sure is handsome grandma
1: (laughs) shut up i think um
3: i more fondly remember the second time i saw this because i got to see it at like a screening for like some of the cast and crew at the Grauman's Chinese theater. And it was my Ooh. buddy had like a Reddit post of him and his dad dressed up as rebel troopers that went viral. And they kind of are in with the, uh, the 501st Stormtrooper division. And they oh. got us to go to that screening, which was also very cool. That's awesome. Um, very dude, cool. That's But I want to ask you guys. Yeah, it was pretty. I'll send some photos out. But um, I want to ask you guys about this one. We always do this. The title of this movie. I want to know what you guys think about it. This time we're going to go the other way. I'm going to throw it to Colin first. The Force the Awakens. The Force
2: Awakens. It's probably going to end up being my thesis for this episode. It's not like an original one, right? But it is very basic bitch. Like it... it It's as basic bitch as the rest of the movie is, but it's also very explanatory. It makes sense. I like it in that sense. It's
3: just very easy. It's quite descriptive. Yeah. Joe, what do you think?
0: Um, I guess the same as Colin. It was one of those things where it almost feels like Spider-Man Homecoming in a way where it's like, the title is kind of a double play. It's not just about the movie itself. It's about the franchise coming home or awakening. Like we're back. Star Wars. Star Wars is back. It's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I remember like the first time we saw the trailer and got the title feeling like, holy shit, star Wars is back. And it didn't feel like the prequels so much where it was like star Wars is back, but it's different. It felt like, no, this is the star Wars. You remember, the Force Awakens, we're back at it again, baby.
3: Nice, nice. Yeah, and with that, Jacob, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree with
4: Joe there. Um, I mean, I think it, it perfectly describes, you know, the Force is awakening, and it's the first Star Wars in, like, 15 years or something. So, yeah, it makes, makes a lot of sense as a title. Um, I know there might be some problems with, you know, the way it's, you know, noun-verb laid out, but... I don't mind. Yeah,
3: that, that's kind of where I'm at. This is honestly one that I think w- with the Disney Star Wars films, we'll talk also next week about the titles. I don't like that it breaks convention of the poetry. They rhyme because we have uh, Phantom Menace or the Phantom Menace, A New Hope. So it's always adjective noun. And then this is, you know, the Force Awakens noun verb, which is generally like an empire striking back, you know, or an attack of a clone. Um, so I don't know what you would call it, like new midichlorians, but whatever. The Awakening <laughs> of Force. Yeah. And even the next one we know feels more like uh, the way third acts are structured with their titling. But it's a nitpick, and it is very descriptive, and it is the return to Star Wars. And uh, in a lot of ways, that's exactly what we get, a return to Star Wars. Uh, that is no episode number almost. And we'll talk about more of that. So I say, let's jump into it. J.J. Abrams' foray, Disney's first foray into Star Wars. Force wakens, let's get it. Punch it.
2: We're back. Uh, I guess, uh, the Jedi, the Sith, I don't know. I'm going to ask you guys, what was asleep? What is awakening? But we got to do a little context before we talk about first awake or force awakens here. Uh, like Mike said, it's Disney's first foray into star Wars. Now they're doing this thing where instead of every three years, like we talked about last time with the Fox films, they're doing it every two. So this was, uh, this was just four years ago, guys.
4: Wasn't the prequels every two as well. They oh, I can't three. remember. I think it was every three as well. It was well. like ninety-nine, oh one, oh three,
2: right? Oh, that would make sense. Um, I don't know. I'm not so sure. yeah,
3: go back and listen it's impossible anyways, and to it. You find let out. us know. <laughs> <laughs> impossible to find out. But we can't. And find someone this deleted out. it from the archive um, memory. If it's, it's not A little in the
2: archives, bit of a rocky development history. <laughs> Do you guys remember this stuff? Like the first draft that was meant to be put out was by this guy named Michael Arnt. Michael Arnt was a very hot screenwriter who just came off of Toy Story Three. So, literally, Disney was handing the keys to a Pixar guy to say, shape Star Wars, our new play toy. Wow. Yeah. And very strangely, of course, that gets thrown out. Uh, J.J. Abrams, who eventually does sign on to do it, who had hired him to work it out, does say, no, we got to completely rewrite from the ground up. We'll bring in Lawrence Kasdan, our original OG, our baller from the Star Wars universe, and we'll figure out how to redo it for the modern era.
3: And he pretty much made the uh, the Star Trek live action as like his resume. He even admitted like I was never a huge Star Trek fan. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, <laughs> and that was kind of his way to make a space movie that was like a fun adventure. Let me get and Wars, that's why, man. yeah, that's why the yeah. new Star
4: Treks feel more like Star Wars than they do Star Trek. It, Absolutely, uh, but
3: we're here. It's
0: almost like you know Ben Affleck playing Daredevil because he thought he'd never play Batman, and then going on to play Batman.
4: That's a for great Ryan thing. Reynolds. Yeah. Ron Reynolds playing Green Lantern because he wanted to be Deadpool, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. But this one, again, not uh, directed by George Lucas, as we said, J.J. Abrams. Um, and this is 10 years after Avengers: of the Sith and 32 years after Return of the Jedi, which, Normies, if you're listening along, you know, we just covered that last week. So it's an interesting place to pick up as far as the chronology of release and storyline. And they had a lot. Uh, they had a lot to accomplish here.
2: It feels short to you, Normies. It felt incredibly long to us. Um, you know, J.J. Abrams, not the first choice, supposedly. Now, Kathleen Kennedy has sort of flip-flopped on this answer after she was given the keys to the kingdom of Star Wars. She's gone on record saying, J.J. Abrams was who we always pictured. The person we went out to first was Brad Bird. Uh, Brad Bird, prolific again, Pixar animator. Picture, yeah. Yeah, exactly, the Incredibles, uh, Ratatouille. And they said, this is the guy who can do it. He said, no, immediately. I I can't do Star Wars. Nobody can do new Star Wars. People hated new Star Wars as it was. It was the prequels, right, guys?
0: Yeah. Right. I understand not wanting to uh, touch that with a 10-foot pole as as a director. I mean, that's kind of like, hey, you want to remake The Godfather? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'll be the guy who gets it
2: right. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, And guess what, Joe? J.J. Abrams felt that way too because he says no immediately when he's offered. And he says the second he hangs up the phone in his head, he goes, wait, but I love Star Wars and I would love to be (laughs) the guy who makes Star Wars. And he
4: immediately changes his mind. So to me, J.J. Abrams is like the perfect choice for this because I don't love J.J. Abrams. Like, I don't think, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I think he's a very competent director and he's good at taking... Um, not original properties and and adapting them and and modernizing them. So I think he was almost like the perfect choice. Even though he's not amazing, I think he's very competent.
3: Well, you know, uh, with Star Trek, you know, he was able to modernize it, but there was a strength was the core cast was very strong and they had pretty decent chemistry. And I think that's the key to a Star Wars movie. So the Wars Trek debate is for another time, but definitely that was a way for him to flex those muscles, and I think he is a good choice for for this, and we'll see what he does with episode nine later. I mean, if you think about it, he um, was
0: really like doing a lot of Spielberg and Lucas already, right? I mean, he was kind of like a uh, a Tarantino type, where Tarantino was doing like westerns and stuff like that. He was doing eighties blockbusters, so it makes oh, sense for sure. to me. Uh, and Jacob, I agree with point you. Too. Like, now, I would really say, Joe, yeah, the it,
2: biggest but, Mandela effect ever might be people are like, Well, Spielberg must have directed a Star Wars movies. Those are the most uh, important movies of all time. He's the most important director. No, he never did, but let's get a child of Spielberg to do it. Like, the literal guy who does Spielberg style.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it makes right.
3: sense. Yep. And so this thing uh, was budgeted with $300 million, and we've been kind of looking at the grosses of these things, and this was a smash hit, bringing in $2 billion. So boom baby it, but people when you're ready back, for more star people wars People
2: ready for it mike but when you go back adjusted for inflation of course we talked about the originals being in that like 10 to 11 to like 18 million range and how much they made they did end up making more you know with the inflation the original films but still like that budget mike jumping from 11 to 300 to be like no no, no this has to
4: be a sure thing right it's a very different it, era for movies as well in terms of buttons. oh yeah
3: but it shows every corner of this thing is absolutely gorgeous from the cinematography, the set design they did accomplish. Uh, they, they definitely uh, spent the money in the right places, I'd say. It looks and feels like Star Wars. Um, and that's what I have to say about that. Agreed. How about we get a uh, quick plot synopsis and then we'll just kind of jump around with what we uh, liked, didn't like, kind of run through it if you guys don't mind. Yeah, let's and then do we're going to obviously do a
2: Jacob's favorite alien roundup
3: and hit me with that <laughs> synopsis, buddy. That's right. So. We are hit with the opening crawl. Iconic Star Wars music. Luke Skywalker has vanished. We're told that the First Order, made of scraps of the Empire, has risen up. And there is a resistance force backed by the New Republic, led by General Leia. Um, And they are trying to stop the First Order. We are introduced to the First Order troopers as they're landing on Jakku to retrieve a map. And we learn and meet our new character, Poe Dameron, as he's trying to meet with the uh, informant to get the map. In comes a very menacing ship. Kylo Ren, our new villain for the franchise, comes out looking very badass. The village gets attacked. Poe is captured, but the map escapes in a robot into the desert. I wonder where I've seen that before. Uh, we are hey, later boo-boo-boo. introduced to... That's right, our uh, 2 Our new uh, protagonist, but we might not know that yet. Uh, we're well, we also introduced to Finn, a uh, stormtrooper who doesn't want to be down with all the killing, takes off his helmet. Ray, we're introduced to in the desert. She's an uh, orphan surviving uh, by scavenging parts out of old ATATs and wreckage from the Battle of Jakku, the last battle of the Empire versus the Rebels. Uh, after which point, they get attacked because they're looking for the droids. Rey runs into Finn. They get on the Millennium Falcon. Surprise, surprise. They meet Han Solo, at which point they go to Maz Kanata's cantina to meet some aliens and find safe passage on a new ship. wonder where I've seen that before. Upon which time the First Order attacks kylo ren comes down ray gets captured they go to star killer base which is a giant planet destroying weapon wonder where i've seen that before they blow up the entire new republic planet system however they are able to swoop in find one a um, one exploitable detail in the design of star killer base and explode it i wonder where i've seen that oh, before God, and now i'm kylo- really upset about it mike keep going <laughs> kylo ray and finn have a showdown a Kism breaks apart separating them and uh, they're able to escape from Kylo Ren and the remnants of the First Order also escape as much as they can from the exploding Starkiller base where Rey completes the map. R2-D2 wakes up and she takes herself to an island where she meets up with the lightsaber in hand of one Luke Skywalker credits. I hope that was concise. That
2: is hard to hear all laid out like that, Mike. It uh, it really <laughs> does lay up as like, ah, uh, you know, when you get to that last one where it's like they exploit the one weakness by doing this, I'm like, God, why do they have to do that to I, blow up the damn thing?
1: Well, I let me go ahead
3: well. and just get this out of the way at the front, right? Because one of the criticisms, right, has been that it is a soft reboot of A New Hope. And it's certainly hitting a lot of those same story beats. But what I say to them, as one who might be cynical, shut it. <laughs> because also the Phantom Menace is very similar. There's a lot of story beats that get repeated from a Phantom Menace. Exactly. In this, Whereas it's not a Death Star, but it's the droid control ship that will kill all the droids if it blows up. Uh, so,
2: but Mike, you can't really criticize. How happy would you it? have been if they got to Jakku and Ray said,
3: "Okay, but if we're gonna get off this planet, I'm gonna have to win this pod race." <laughs> I would have been like, <laughs> "Oh fuck right. yes." That's the one difference, but maybe at the end here, uh, I, I do have a list of like their poetry and they rhyme moments in this movie uh, Ooh, with the first your new film race. in each of the three trilogies. Yes. Yeah, so, honestly, Mike, gotta be later.
4: I I don't mind it either. I mean, I think. I mean, I. What else could this movie be other than a, a soft reboot of a new hope? I mean. These, these main series Star Wars movies, they're so, like like you say, their poetry or rhymes. Like It's kind of the whole point is that they're it's like history repeating itself. So, of course, this new trilogy is going to have a lot of similarities to the original, and I think I'm okay with that.
0: I mean, saying it's a soft yeah. reboot isn't an insult. That's just defining what it is. The franchise right, hasn't right. been in this part of its history for 32 years. All of the stars of it are now old. Yeah, of course you're going to soft reboot it.
3: Yeah, and we're dealing with like a generation of kids and Lucas has always pushed that these are movies for kids, even though they have sometimes a dark edge. And there's a lot of kids seeing this trailers and this new Star Wars experience, not understanding why their parents are so excited about it or why, you know... Why do they care so much? So you kind of have to reintroduce them to that, those tropes and those those good feels that are so Star Wars-esque, I guess. And I think they certainly accomplished that with this movie, regardless of any similarities.
4: Right. And I I do want to mention that, like, you know, what we have talked about before, George Lucas describes this as not science fiction, but as, as a space opera, right? And it's a, a lot of the dramatic elements are taken from That's soap right, opera and that I kind do. of thing. And so soap operas, they go on forever and they repeat a lot of the same... Uh, story beats and so i think star wars is very similar
3: to that yeah absolutely and you kind of deal with the cyclical journey of crossing the threshold the hero's journey is kind of just repeated in all three of the um at least the first film in each trilogy kind of follows that that archetype so this is no different um i i liked it and i want to ask right off the bat um how do we feel about the state of the universe because i think for me going from Return of the Jedi, where we're partying, you know, we've destroyed the Emperor, Darth Vader redeemed himself, Anakin was back, we get Hayden's Force Ghost, to Luke Skywalker is vanished. And like, the New Republic army isn't the ones fighting the First Order. It's the Resistance, and General Leia is not, like, in some government seat, which she would have learned that from Bail Organa growing up. You know, it's just... It feels weird coming directly from Jedi into this with Ooh, that. That's uh, that's a take. little
2: rough, Mike. I do like that. I absolutely agree. I guess my only issue that I kind of see with it is, is, you know, people relate it to in this country, like political elections, like, well, you don't see one side completely demoralized when the other loses, but that's not what it is. It was essentially a civil war. Like we've never experienced the fallout and results of like one side getting wiped out and being like, oh, shit, you know, what's going to happen from here? So when they say that the First Order is literally the remnants of the Empire, that's my issue. If it had been another organization that just swooped in and took in the vacuum of power, that makes sense.
3: Or at least, like, um, like they're they framed as being so powerful when we meet them, and we never get a scene in the New Republic at least showing, like, here's how the government works, here's how the resistance is being backed, so that we understand what that means when the resist or the new Republic does it's like get exploded.
2: Snoke owns all the real estate in like the hottest spot or like the synthesizer tech that makes their food or something you do. You need some excuse to be like, he's the wealthiest person in the world. And it totally makes sense that he could fund all of
0: this.
4: Yeah. Right. And the the thing with the first order is that it's actually, I mean, it's showing everything in the first order is bigger than the empire, right? They have more troops. They have a bigger death star. Um, which part of that is like, you know, due to film technology, like they can show more troops and stuff in the shot. Um, and also they want to one up, you know, for the sequels and stuff, but it doesn't really A make sense if you think about points. it. Yeah. But it's like, if the empire was totally destroyed, then how are they able to get an even bigger force in like 30 years?
3: It just, and if they had, oh, go it ahead, just Joe. feels like,
0: oh, the good guys won. No, they didn't. Here's, here's the bigger bad.
3: And that's kind of something that's going to have a ripple effect through, I think, this entire trilogy. It's like the framing of this type of the world feels a little off, and I can't help but have that in the back of my mind, although I do enjoy the story they're telling.
0: I agree. I do think we're going to see this time period filled in a lot through... Disney Plus content and stuff like that, because we, you know, we got Clone Wars, Rebels. We've explored the gap between the prequels and the original series after the prequels came out. I think we're going to see the Mm -hmm. same thing after the release of The Rise of Skywalker. We're already getting it with The Mandalorian. It takes place in this time period. I think we're going to see more of that. So we'll probably learn more about how the First Order came to be through stuff like that.
4: Right. And I would also say the timeline may not 100% make sense. But then again, what else could you do? I mean, you need a villain. You need a a bad organization or government for them to fight. Otherwise, what would the movie be about?
3: Yep, yep. And so let's talk about that then. You led me right into what I wanted to talk about. Let's look at the bad, the heavy. This is Kylo Ren. I mean, how fucking cool was his introduction? I absolutely love it.
4: Kylo Ren. Hot take right now: Kylo Ren is my all-time favorite Star Wars character, and I, I fucking yeah, love the, him in this. <laughs> I love watching, him in this movie. Every scene he's in is amazing. His intro is amazing. His look is amazing. When His we're watching all these
2: films, the old ones, the prequels too, and now that we're starting these new ones, knowing how much you love Kylo Ren, you're, I'm looking at every other character in this series, and I, you know, everybody loves Han Solo so much. I guess he comes close, but Kylo Ren is. So much higher and more above just because the complexity of the performance
4: and the character written. I mean, Jacob, he's just got meat to chew. Oh, absolutely. And I think the thing is, like, the way Kylo Ren is portrayed in these movies is what Anakin could have been in the prequels. But That's it's such a better say. job. And part of that is that Adam Driver is a better actor than Hayden Christensen, But also part of it is just it's better written. And he's just a better yes. written character. But yeah, Adam Driver fucking kills it in this role too.
0: There's more levels to it. It's more complex. I mean, he's a better Anakin than Anakin could ever hope to be because there's real drama there. There's real stakes. He's Ben Skywalker.
3: Yeah. And what he does, like illustrating that internal conflict of like being pulled to not be a bad guy, it's like, oh man, it like really shows a side of the dark side struggle that like Uh, Hayden Christensen never did. And the scene with him and Han Solo later in the film is probably one of the top three best scenes in all of Star Wars period Up there with Luke and Vader and Jedi. It's incredible.
4: Agreed. And I would also say is Adam Driver, other than Harrison Ford and Natalie Portman, I would say he's the best actor to ever be in a Star Wars movie. I mean, if you're looking at like with Oscar nomination, not a perfect way to judge actors but i mean you can gonna Paris spit Ford, in obviously. sam jackson's face like that he's great also oscar isaac is also a oscar nominated actor so he's yeah, good but which, his character does not have nearly as much complexity so
0: i would say which i mean another he, he's, he's the best for his role but like i in terms of overall actor i don't think he's the best actor in the movie i mean i think oscar isaac's is a better actor overall, but he is, Oscar role, Isaac is 100%, good. 100%. I don't
4: know about that. It hmm. doesn't take as much range to play Poe though. I mean, Oscar Isaacs can, Oh no, I totally to agree. Quality.
0: I'm just saying overall, like yeah. other performances included.
2: Well, Poe just doesn't really, just really have a by part in
0: this
3: yeah which like, maybe it's a good time to talk about poe but yeah based on what's in the movies adam driver definitely delivers one of the best performances in a star wars film yes you know all all things counted um poe dameron however i think is also very likable we're introduced to him as an ace pilot you know he's uh who talks first do i talk oh. first or do you he's kind of got that han solo rogue see right out the gate
0: jacob i'm i'm on team poe like both of these characters have such awesome introductions in the first scene together um and then he just disappears for the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. That well, yes. kills me.
2: And the screenwriters say, of course, now that that was because he died. He dies in the crash, guys. That's what happens to Poe Dameron. He dies. The character is wiped out. Of course, they start shooting it and they go, oh, Oscar Isaacs is like amazing and a cool guy to hang out with. We should probably tweak this a little bit.
0: It's funny. It was originally going to be like a Drew Barrymore in Scream. And then he ended up being a, uh, uh, what's his name? Matthew Lillard? Uh, no, Officer Dewey. Um, oh, yeah, David yeah, Arquette. David Arquette, where he's oh, so to likable, I
4: just gotta keep him, you you right, gotta keep him <laughs> right, right. right.
2: Officer Dewey. Yeah, that's yeah.
4: interesting, because if the original plan, he literally would have been in just the beginning and then just died. Yeah, so he would have been like Drew Barrymore in Scream, opens it up. But there's and, never really been a, a character like that in Star Wars. Though. Excuse they me. Have, hold
2: like, on, Jacob. We get that in this movie. We get Max von Sydow, like the most like, true, acclaimed only... actor of all time, who's <laughs> like, ah, oh, of course, we all have great history with me. Oh, no, don't hit me with your lightsaber.
0: <laughs> that is there's true. another actor in the movie who's probably better than uh, Adam Driver. But I'm not I'm right. talking about main main characters though. Can fair, we have a fair.
2: small conversation just because you said Adam Driver's name again? Let's I want to ask you guys this, and Mike, I'll start with you. I want to know title. So, let's agree on this. Is he a Sith warrior? Is he a dark Jedi? Is he a knight of Ren, quote unquote? What does that mean?
3: He's a conflicted little boy. <laughs> yeah. His, his training's not complete, so if anything, he's a Sith apprentice, but that doesn't mean he's a Sith warrior. But I don't
2: think
0: Snoke's a Sith.
2: I don't think no. the Sith exist anymore. I think Snoke I would is a Sith. I agree with you, Mike, that he is a dark Jedi.
0: Snoke is Sno- never identified as a Sith in The Force Awakens. They're never like, oh, a Sith master, Snoke. I mean, right. Leia to says me, that he coerced him to the dark side. I mean, he could just be like some mm. dude who's super into the dark side. I think maybe...
4: We'll get some more explanation in in a couple of weeks, but I think um, to me Snoke, he's never called a Sith, but to me he's like he's like another Dooku or another Darth Maul, where he's he's you, at first you think he's like the the big bad, but then obviously the Emperor is pulling the strings, and as we see in the the Rise of Skywalker trailers, the Emperor is going to be a part of it. So I think that'll be explained more.
3: Well, whoever he is, he's been training Kylo Ren to freeze blaster bolts in midair, which is the that was coolest dope. fucking thing I had ever seen up to that point. And if we do not mention that, it is a unforgivable sin because how awesome is that when it's just frozen in place so... You know, we're establishing like he has the power to freeze you in your tracks, right? Which that'll come into play later. It's like establishing his level of threat yeah, that was, and his ruthlessness. That was so and that's cool. Why you have to
2: ask what he is title-wise because he has a glee in using the force and a weight and physicality that the actor is just doing, you know, with him stomping around and his movements so much that really just shows how heavy his burden is literally on his body that you're just like, oh, yes. this character is just unimaginable.
4: But I would like to know yeah. more about the Knights of Ren. Who are they? What is Ren? I just want to know more about yeah. that. See, here's the sure. thing
0: though. If you're if you're in a vacuum of just the movie and not the toys and the yes. hype around it, uh the Knights of Ren is a throwaway line and a couple dudes standing menacing menacingly behind him in a dream sequence. Like right. I feel like they made yeah. the mistake of hyping up the Knights of Ren and putting them in the visual dictionary and making toys and they're fucking nothing like they're right. They're worse then, than Boba Fett. But why even include them then? Like, it's a great question. I think they're, no, I think they're on the stupid. context
2: of guys. Hold on. Let's jump back. It's 1977. We just watched a movie called star Wars and an old guy in robes with that little blaster droid on a ship says, I was a Jedi Master. I served in the Clone Wars, and then it just like cuts away, and you're like, "Well, what the fuck <laughs> was any of true. that? What's a Jedi Master? What's the Clone Wars?" What's yeah, we never see any of that. That's it, just for that you don't movie. see
3: it. You know what I mean? You right. didn't make a Clone War toy, yeah. right? Um, well, let's go talk about the ruth- ruthlessness because then I want to talk about the new character as we're kind of going over them and our thoughts on them. Finn, right? We have FN-2187 removes his helmet. He doesn't want to do the shooting. What do we think about Finn in this movie? I, I I like him and we'll talk about Ray later, but I like their chemistry and I like Finn's arc of being someone who wants to run away until he has something worth sticking around for. Um I think he's great in this movie. I
4: like Finn, um, but I'm not sure what his overall purpose within this trilogy will be. I know he, he has an arc in this, uh, and I don't want to talk about the future movies too much. But he he doesn't really fit a like if you think you know Ray is the Luke, Poe is the Han Solo, Kylo Ren is the Darth Vader. Who is Finn? He's not Leia. He's, he's the not Chewbacca. Luke.
0: See, but he's if you if you're going by the rules of the original movie, Poe is the Leia. I mean, he's the one who's captured right out the gate. But he like, has the personality of a Giving Han. a map. Sure, but s- I mean, so does Ray in a way. She's the one who works on the Falcon and is passionate about that. Yeah. That's true. I just don't know how he fits in
4: other than he's to be comedy relief. He's
2: the C-3PO. Exactly, Jacob, because he's the straight man to the joke that you just react <laughs> yeah. to, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's I'm
4: kind a of feel. a switcheroo that they do where you think for maybe part of the movie at the beginning that he's going to be like the main character and he's going to be force sensitive, but then it's kind of a switcheroo that it's Ray instead. And then he doesn't, he's kind of purposeless other than his arc of, of not running away, which, which I do like that. I just don't know what his defined role within the rebellion even is. What is he good at? He's not really good at fighting. He's not really good at flying ships. I don't know.
3: Yeah. And I was at first thinking about this too, in the context of the new hope and those echoes, but it's like, yeah, New Hope opens with person with a map, puts map in, robot, gets captured by guy in a black mask, and then put in jail. That is Poe, right? And then it switches to our main character, Luke, and it switches to our main character, Ray. So I, I was upset because of how much I like Oscar Isaac, and he just disappeared. But, you know, it's not unprecedented. And uh, maybe now's a good time to talk about Ray because, you know, there's a lot of divisive opinions on her. I am not among... The haters, right? I don't think any of us I think she's a good character. She's a great character.
2: We don't talk about Max Landis on this podcast. One of the things uh, screenwriter Max Landis uh, got in trouble for was hating a woman before he got in trouble for hating more women, and that woman was Ray from A Force Awakens, where he published this long diatribe about how she's a Mary Sue, quote-unquote. That's not correct.
4: I mean, that's that's ridiculous. It's... He... I don't... Popularizing the term Mary Sue is like one of the worst things about pop culture discourse the last couple of years because no one uses <laughs> the term correctly.
3: They sure don't.
0: They sure
4: and, don't. I
3: mean, it, it's coming from what fanfics, like author inserts where they're just the coolest and right. best and most awesome at everything, right? So I don't think that really applies to this type of storytelling. And even when you try to, it's like, oh, she's just good at everything. Well, look at Luke Skywalker. He never flew an X-Wing. He swung a lightsaber around for three minutes. Right. So. Like, he he could immediately do the Force with his master dying, right? It's like, same shit. And, so so again, people can just get off that. that right, and, that and the horse, trend of...
0: And the, the trend... Oops, oh, sorry. She's, sorry, you know, she's, she's full of emotion, too. Like, she's not this, like, badass robot that's just coming in and, and servicing the plot. There's this just as much conflict in her as there is in Kylo Ren, which I think is what makes their dynamic work so well.
3: Yeah. So I guess that's what's, so that's what separates Poe from these guys is Poe doesn't really have the conflict. He just got like that swagger. I'm the guy, but we have three conflicts within each of these characters where Kylo Ren is feeling pulled to the light, but he wants to be a badass. Ray wants to stay for people that might not be coming back for her. And she's scared to move on. Right. And then you have Finn who just wants to run forever and they each have their own struggles. And I think that's what makes these characters. Uh, so compelling. can I, can
0: I make an interesting point here that I, I saw you had brought up that Luke Skywalker is shown upside down every time he's uh, in each one of the acts in empire. Every single one yeah. of the characters you just listed that is conflicted is first shown with a mask, and then later that mask is taken off. Wow! Oh my god! Why well, yeah, because Ray has
2: it when she's inside the Star Destroyer, yeah, which is Kylo, the first, obviously, shot. obviously, when he's got it on I like his face, that, Joe. and then the the Stormtrooper. Joe, we fucking missed you on these Star Wars
3: episodes, dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> worth great. the price of admission, right there, normies. Yeah. That's why you listen. Yeah, to yeah it. just when you're real talking quick, about these... while... Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
4: I was just going to say, when you're talking about these characters, I think Poe, while he's cool, he's more of an ancillary. And those are definitely the three main characters who go through arcs in this movie. Poe is there to
0: that. lift the rest of them up. Poe is the guy who's never going to doubt the resistance at all. He is an overwhelming force of positivity, even in the face of complete danger. I think that right. is I love his I that he's purpose. wearing that jacket. Yeah. No, you he's keep really it. Positive it looks with great on you. I he, love you. He, it's like, oh, He yeah, names man. Finn. He's like, oh, my name's F-140. It? And he's like, no, fuck that, man. I'll, we're we're, call we're two people. Here's your name. Let's be best friends forever. And he shoots him. He's like,
3: did you see that? He's like, I yeah, saw Yeah, you're doing it. great, like, yeah, buddy. They're best buds and now. Like, and yeah. even when he's, <laughs> yeah. when he's
0: talking to uh, the troopers or the other X-Wing pilots, both on the raid on Maz Katana's, uh, castle or whatever. And the, uh, yeah. Starkiller base, he's just like saying the nicest shit to all of his friends that he's flying in there with. He's like, let's get him, buddy. Don't, don't let these thugs intimidate you is like a direct line. Yeah, he waves yeah.
2: at him. He basically waves up at him and gives him the thumbs up as he flies by. <laughs> he's
4: like, I fucking
0: love you. Yeah.
4: I think yeah, his I purpose Finn is to, Pope, to lift them up. As much as Finn doesn't have, like a ton to do. I think he has great chemistry with Poe and great chemistry with Ray. So he's kind of the glue that holds it together too. A hundred percent.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, he, definitely. And so I'm looking forward to him like completing his arc of learning not to run away. And then in the next movie, not running away anymore. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next week. <laughs> um, but um, I, that's what's exciting about this as a, as a new beginning is like, we haven't even mentioned really like Luke Skywalker or Leia or Han Solo because i think i speak for all of us like we like these characters and they did a great job of creating them casting them and the performances so congratulations to the whole team of setting this up regardless of it being a soft reboot yeah Luke and i is think they the made movie. i don't deb- miss him at all yeah
4: mm-hmm. they made the right decision to have the original cast be more of supporting characters because i mean all, they're all in their 60s and 70s nobody wants to watch an action movie about bunch of old people so they're helping they're assisting these young people who are now in their roles and they do a really good job as well being just supporting characters i think because yeah. if we want to yeah. talk um, about harrison ford han solo i think harrison oh, ford somebody say my name okay <laughs> come on chewy we're home but Man, i thought he was great out. in this i think this uh, is uh, his you best know i've got
2: all the energy in the <laughs> world here Jacob no no
4: no, no. con this is the best I, no i'm with you i agree Harrison, Harrison Ford is, here, is done that, in a Star that, Wars movie No,
2: it's not It's not me, it's <laughs> Harrison I'm the one who, oh my ship's going down <laughs> I'm crashing, oh here we go <laughs> You guys remember this when is, he had that stunt right. of just crashing his plane into golf courses But no, Jacob, I agree with you uh, He got very comfortable in being grumpy Harrison for a long time in movies He's fucking knocking it out of the park and trying in Force Awakens Yeah, because he also, also knows that solo. they're going to kill him so well, which is yeah, what he always wanted too. He's like, so, I'm fucking
4: in and out, this is my dream coming yeah. true Let me just knock it out of the park, and then you can kill me off,
3: and I'm done. (laughs) And he does, especially that last scene. Oh, my God. So good. So good. But, yeah, he's really bringing it. Um, What what do we think about uh, Leia? What do we think about Carrie Fisher in this? I like her as well. I mean, she gets
4: a little more in the next movie to do, but I think she's good in this as well.
3: This is Um, Han's
4: movie of the
0: original series. Like, I think each one of them is going to be about in the background, a B plot about one of the original characters. This one's Hans. You get him doing a literal Indiana Jones with Chewie where they're running away from the rag Thor, which is a giant ball behind them. Uh, I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's full of moments to highlight him.
3: Yeah. And, you know, it's like, you know, he's been back to the smuggling after what happened with Ben, um, you know, when he was training under Luke. So him and Leia went back to what they knew best, which maybe that's why oh, she's I out of the government line, now. Like, yeah. And so I guess that's like my question earlier. Why isn't she sitting on the government? Well, maybe when she lost her son, she's like, you know what? I just got to try to right whatever wrong I have to do Snoke something. and those who turned my son are doing. So yeah. they both. They both have uh, to so do I guess I'm cool. Something. Yeah. I want to mention a couple more characters here before we'll, we'll take a break and keep running uh, down the road here. Um, some of our supporting characters, we mentioned shortly, uh, Snoke and how he's probably not a Sith. Uh, you know, he, he's all right. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about Snoke. Yeah. I do want to mention also the other kind of general manager of the first order general. Making sure you I love him.
2: I love him too. He's the guy. Look, Mike, uh, we'll talk about it in the next one, but they figure out what General Huck should be in the next one. But Domino Gleason, you know, when we're no, talking about. I
3: disagree. Oh, that <laughs> kills me. Right when then. they Mike make disagrees. him up, they
2: make him pale and sniveling. Uh, but in this one, I mean, Domino Gleason is just keyed into I'm the British bad guy. I know how this goes. And he, and he another, I mean, like, we keep he's, saying it, knocks it out of the park. He's, he's the
4: fanatical fascist, bra- right? He's a brown guy. There's that scene. Yeah, there's a scene, my favorite scene of him in this movie is where he's giving that speech and you just see in his eyes, he's just a true believer in the cause and he's just going to do whatever he can to, you know, build up the First Order.
0: The first time I saw that, I was convinced his eyes were going to turn yellow. Like he was so full of hate and like delivers it so well. I was convinced that was going to be the turn where it's like, oh, they're all fucking Sith.
3: Which would be crazy. Let me pitch you guys on why I think this is the the best version of General Hux. uh, Even if I don't know anything about the next movie, Um, I love that he's like a rival of Kylo. It's like, oh, I'm Dad's favorite. Like they both work under Snoke, and he's kind of the military arm, and Kylo's like a pet project, like to just make him into this Force user. But Hux is out there getting results, like you know, capturing prisoners, destroying whole systems. Like he's he really hates freedom. yeah, he really hates freedom, but he is efficient at his job. That's right? so great, like, Mike. He's way better at such it than like Kylo Ren. It's like a classic Ren
2: Ad is. Man too. When you think of the Death Star and new new Death Star, Star Killer Base, he's like Coke. No, it's new Coke. Here's my idea. Here's what we do. And you're like, oh yeah, I guess
1: so. Yeah,
3: he's and he's always talking shit to Kylo, and Kylo's constantly like leaving one guard with Rey so she can escape. It's like, yeah, no wonder I'm Dad's favorite. You know, he's like a Grand
0: Moff Tarkin who's trying instead of mm-hmm. one that's like kind of already seen above kylo i think it's kind of the inverse of that relationship right like leia has the line about how you'd be on a leash and this it's like literally the complete opposite where kylo is just a wild dog who throws a temper tantrum and lights his lightsaber up and breaks shit i love that
3: he's the wild dog there is no leash but i like that element of competition where it's like Hux is like, I might not be a force user, but like I can get shit done. Yeah, and done. also Hux um,
4: is, um, you know, if you compare him to Tarkin, Tarkin, the age difference between them. So Tarkin is like an old, he's probably been in command yeah. a long time. Hux is, is a young guy. He's really trying to prove himself to Snoke. So he's doing everything he can to just go above and beyond.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you want me to As fucking slit this
0: Wookiee's throat? I'll do it. I don't care. I'll drink the blood. <laughs>
3: <laughs> seriously man he's so about it and that speech man with oh, the last day of the republic he's fighting I'm like, his arm shit, from man. raising he up really to do the nazi salute Yeah, seriously so i i i like him in this because he's like a credible threat we'll talk more about next week but i hope he maintains being a credible threat um the last person i want to mention he's not a person Well, it's a droid maybe there are people too is the new droid EBA. bba you know he kind of glossed over He's our sidekick. He's fun. He's our little buddy. I like BB-8 him. Give a the thumbs best up droid in the series, Mike. He's not like, annoying. He's not overbearing. my mind. He's not grumpy. Yeah. Easy. The best droid, better than R2-D2 with jet thrusters. And I think he's <laughs> on the level yeah. of
4: R2-D2. I think. I like how
3: <laughs> basically when in the introduce... Star Wars universe,
4: yeah, they um, develop the technology to have like a ball droid because we've never seen that before. So just that must be a new, a new thing, right?
3: Yeah, and when they rolled that on stage for real, like when they were announcing the movie, like way to fucking go they with the practical it. effects. I think, yeah, they, they they did a really good job with that. I adore so, BB. I think that's I mean, yeah, like Colin, I'm a hundred percent on yeah. the team. He is the best. I think he's better
0: than. How, like,
2: how can you say that you like R two? He guys, he gets. We it's revealed he gets dementia in this movie. That he's just like a an old piece of shit trash can. They're like, oh, that thing over there that we keep in the closet. We used to call that R two D two, but now we just put drinks on top
4: of it. I think. Well, they I guess pulled he's a, depressed because Luke went away, right? But
3: or he's been shut yeah. down. I think
0: they pulled a lot of inspiration but, for Chopper from BB-8. I mean, I think there's a lot of personality there where it's like he's a member of the team just as much as like. I mean, really, he's the new Chewbacca. Like he he's
3: mm,
4: useful.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, that's the new characters and kind of their place in this whole world and kind of where this trilogy is going to go forward. I say uh, let's take a quick break, come back, and we're going to keep talking the Awakening of the Force uh, right after this.
2: We're back, normies. We're talking Force Awakens again. Uh, we can't get through another Star Wars episode for Star Vember Wars Sember without checking in with Jacob on Jacob's Alien Watch. Uh, there are a ton of them in this one. We basically That's get right. another scene at a cantina, um, a zillion things introduced. Uh, just to shout out before you do, the one that I want to obviously pay special mention to is JJ Abrams' favorite, the one that he creates as like uh, Poe Dameron's buddy. Hello, Atsy, based on the Beastie Boys album "Hello Nasty," of course. So uh, oh. check that out, guys. Uh, again, JJ <laughs> Abrams' weird fascination with Beastie Boys, but Jacob, tell us that alien.
4: Yeah, there's. I think there's a lot of good original designs uh, for aliens in this movie. Um, specifically, when you know, first of all, on Jakku, and then when we go to Mas Kanata's. I'm not a huge fan of Maz Kanata herself, but I think there are some cool designs that we briefly see as it you know, pans around the room. Um, my favorite alien in this is probably going to have to be Unkar Plot, right? One um, played by boy. Simon Pegg, oh of my course. God, <laughs> What else could it be? You know, it's, it's got a great little voice acting from uh, Simon Pegg. It's got, he's got, you know, a great scene with Ray where he's just, you know, he's just kind of an asshole. Um, but what else could it be? Really?
3: That big... 60 portions. Elephant animal that was drinking water with Finn. One quarter portion.
2: Well, yeah, there's also a part at the end where Admiral Akbar gets really close to uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, and says something like, the power cells are destroyed, where I'd be like, all right, you got to give me like a foot at least here, buddy. So I don't know how you can't say him. But uh, Jacob, you would have loved the deleted scene from this movie that sees Unkar Plutt come back at Maz Kanada's castle, where he bumps into Ray and is like, okay, now I'm going to take you back home. And she's like, no, stop.
4: Oh, really? I oh, didn't that would have been, been really dumb. Scene. Why would he be there? Yeah, like he followed her there?
3: Because yeah. <laughs> they, he, they fly with the Millennium Falcon and he yells, that's mine. You know, and I guess he wants his ship back. Right. Um, I bet they're
0: going to Mos Right.
3: Well, speaking of like Maz Kanata, yeah, they're going to go to Maz to get a drink. Uh, speaking of Maz Kanatas and Unkar Plutt, um, let's talk about kind of some of the key vistas and locations in this. Every Star Wars movie generally has had three kind of key set pieces. We're looking at Jakku. We're looking at whatever Maz Kanata's planet is. If you know, please let me guys know. And then the Starkiller base itself. What do we, what do we think of these three locales? Uh, j- on Tatooine, I mean Jakku. Ja- yeah. That's the thing,
4: Jakku is just Tatooine. I mean, what name one difference between Jakku and Tatooine?
3: The battle of Jakku happened. (laughs) That's right.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know those uh, weird little guys that ride those metal-looking dewbacks. Those are pretty cool. Like (laughs) metal
3: Jawas. A lot more like techno, like punk stuff for sure.
4: Yeah, I just you know, it's a it's a sand planet. (laughs) I'm with you. It's on the outer rim. (laughs) It's
3: a sand planet, but I do like seeing star destroyers that have been crashed into the planet and ATAT like seeing the remnants of the battle of Jakku is very cool um that is and like the fact that she lives in an ATAT and uses like a discarded rebel helmet um I I think it it sets an interesting page but it is a, a sand planet
2: can I pose a question to you guys? The way that the circle had to continue, where George Lucas said we started at nothing uh, on Tatooine, we have to end at nothing on Tatooine by going back there and return of the Jedi. Will we go back to Jakku in Rise of the Skywalker? Will we ever see this planet again? Everybody's
0: always trying to go back to Jakku.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice, Finn. <laughs> Yeah, uh, classic. Yeah, why well, you want to go back to Jakku? I'm with you, Finn. I don't ever want to go back there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we will, Colin. I think you're probably
0: right. Makes sense. If not, literally, I think we'll see Tatooine. It in,
4: yeah, I don't think we'll see it in Rise of Skywalker, but I do think we will see it in other Star Wars
0: media going like
4: forward. Like
3: seeing the Battle of Jakku, for instance. I'm sure that will be fleshed out at some point. Um,
0: yeah, we've yeah. already seen Tatooine again in the the Mandalorian, so you are right there jacob
3: obi-wan will be back right, there right. but as far as the arc of the three movies um getting back to tatooine like luke did in return of the jedi uh and yeah, Barch. would
2: ray have any means to go back there i mean from what we know we see a bit in the force vision she was brought there forcefully and seems to never want to return right but luke was sort of the same way
3: yeah that's I I mean, she never wants
0: to leave right like
4: she, yeah she <laughs> she's waiting for Someone
1: right, right. That's right.
3: And what's what's interesting too, because I don't want to speculate about the future, but what we see here is Ray. She resists the call to action uh, as Luke does until she's forced into action uh, by being captured, essentially. But Luke sees his family get slaughtered. Now he has to join in. You know, so they both were resistant to the call. Like she does not take the right. lightsaber. She doesn't want to be a part of this. She just wants to go home. So they are both. And she, like
4: that. she's also undecided until. The Han death scene. So, like, you know, Han obviously offers her a job on the Millennium Falcon. She turns him down. She's kind of thinking about it, and then the Han death scene is what convinces her to uh, stay with the Resistance.
3: Yeah, I mean, let's talk kind of about like that little area. Then, do we know what Maz's planet is named? We know her castle's there. No, it's
2: just Maz's Castle. I believe they call it.
3: Yeah, so I'm like, sure if you looked it
0: up, there is a name for it, but I don't think they ever they don't really it. say where it you out see though. some
2: robot characters where I'm like, that's not a droid. That's like a robot like Iron Man walks by him at
0: one point. And I'm like, I don't know about that.
3: Right, that big right. Blue
0: dude in the beginning too, where it's like, what is that thing?
3: yeah we do get another now cantina scene where an older mentor takes them to a cantina full of crazy aliens to seek for safe passage and some shady person in the corner sells them out and lets the new the first order know that they're in there just like that weasel face guy lets the stormtroopers know um so a lot of similarities this is also where ray encounters the lightsaber that's a very interesting sequence i have some theories about the uh flashback she's having i'll save for the end of the episode but yeah she runs away from it maz Kanata tries to say you know i've been around for a long time the force is strong in you or something well what does that
2: mean though mike so is maz Kanata a jedi
3: she says i'm no jedi but i know the force quote
1: She's yeah. been around for a I thousand years. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's
0: two things I absolutely hate about this scene. One, the fact that it's a uh, music done by Hamilton, whose name escapes me right now. What's his name? <laughs> the guy I from Manuel Lin-Manuel Miranda. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Miranda. Here's <laughs> yeah. some rapping. This is original music by Lin-Manuel Miranda in Star Wars. And, yeah, and he's going to be in the man, new one too. Her, her, her role in this just feels so like magical janitor to just, be like, I don't know, here, here's everything you need to know. Here's all the confidence in the world. It just feels like way too convenient, I guess.
2: They used to call it the force, but my granny called it the shine. And you got it in you, little boy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah.
3: Oh, oh, I've been here before. Uh, I don't know about don't this. I don't like that. My big question I, is, when she goes down to like the locked room that has the lightsaber, why does it unlock is that something the Force can do now? Is just unlock a door arbitrarily because you're yeah, the, supposed the, to be there? Like the lightsaber is calling there? to her using the so Force, so the lightsaber and can she... unlock the door from the inside. It's should Juma- we yeah. say, guys,
4: this is
2: Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. It's not Luke's now, what lightsaber. That means yeah. Is it's not Luke. It's loot. the one he Now, uses while it was used Empire. by him in Empire Strikes Back, where he was D handed, it must have gone down the trash chute. Somebody found it, threw the hand away, said, no, 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 I won't be taking that with me, and instead took the lightsaber. And somehow she that's got it. That's another
0: thing that just like Black fucking kills it. me. Where I don't really want it explained. I, but but how the fuck did she get that?
1: She that's literally another it. Well, that's another story for another time. <laughs>
0: fuck
4: you. Yeah, Moth. but again, but. One thing is so there's a, there's a line when so when Kylo and Ray meet on that planet, he, he says, That lightsaber, it's mine. So I'm wondering if maybe Ben Solo used that lightsaber for a bit when he was training under Luke. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? That would about? be
0: awesome, Jacob. But then yeah, how would he, he have gotten it? Like, they went back to Bespin. Because he would and be like, his Padawan, cause, like cause he Luke. said. Oh, yeah,
2: because Luke somehow could have tracked it down. But I don't know. Yeah. Is it is the lightsaber itself so strong because it came from Anakin Skywalker? Like, l- would it literally just be one of the best left? I mean, Kylo's is a maniac lightsaber.
4: Right. Yeah. Well, it's possible that he also meant by that line that just that it was Anakin, so it's his grandfather's. It's his so if I writes, it's it's how his. I read well, it. it. But I like that. Yeah.
3: Also, we do
0: know in canon, right, because of Rogue One and and some of the other uh, filled in time periods that Kyber crystals have been mined. So it is not easy to come across a Kyber crystal to make a lightsaber, right. which is why Kylo's is cracked. So it would make sense that like, oh, yeah, you, you want as many lightsabers from the old days as possible.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Speaking of Kylo and wanting his lightsaber, you know, while we're at this cantina, oh. the First Order does attack. And I think this is a pretty cool action sequence. You know, we get, um, actually, you get your favorite character, Traitor. Traitor. I love this guy, man. <laughs> That's my Disney Plus account icon, is that guy. Um, Every so time gonna, I look at it and see Jacobs
2: as Kylo Ren's
3: character, yours
2: <laughs> as a stereotypical stormtrooper from the first order that you've just labeled as traitor, <laughs> I get a very hearty laugh, buddy. Thank you for that.
4: Yeah. I, Again, another new technology developed since Return of the Jedi, which is a staff that can fight against lightsabers with some kind well, of energy field. The red here's, here's emperor question, guys, is that what the,
2: they were holding? And then, no, you no, know, no. I'm um, fucking... <laughs> What's his name? Robot Man's Guards. No, no, no. yeah. Exactly.
3: Grievous' Guards had him all the way yeah, in the Yeah, Grievous' oh, Robot Man. Hello, Normies. You've true. listened to six Robot episodes. i still old technology. Technology. Robot Man. <laughs> but yeah. I, interesting.
4: I forgot about that. We were just talking Why about Why would they
0: need it, though? Like, if the to Jedi fight against hasn't returned, a Jedi. just in no, but the case. Jedi hasn't returned. Like,.
4: But maybe he, de- maybe they, the First Order developed that technology just in case Luke decided to start coming back and destroying them all. Because the or one scene we Kylo have with Snoke, he's like,
0: <laughs> I guess, <laughs> take him down. But the one scene we have with Snoke, he's like, do not let Luke Skywalker wake up. Like we need him in wherever yeah. he decided to fuck off to. If he comes we back, then we're in trouble, and there's going to be a new Jedi. Why would they just mm-hmm. be prepared to fight lightsabers all the time?
3: It's a weird right. technology to just have on deck for the exact moment when Finn happens to have the lightsaber, which I do want to bring that back because we were just discussing like, oh, how important is this lightsaber? Ray's like, nah, I don't want it. Han Solo doesn't seem to give a shit, so Maz just gives it to Finn. Like, why? Why Why does he have it? I, it's I fine that he has a fight. There. And when he turns it on, like no one reacts like, oh, fuck, it's a lightsaber. It's just like, traitor right like it, there's no ceremony right. it's not like it's an epic moment and that was something that was lost on me in this viewing is this why do you have this I who agree. are you it's a good question
4: I think maybe Moz gave it to Finn so that he could give it to Rey but she looked in possibly. his eyes and
3: saw a man who wants to run you know like right oh, you're, 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 you're the most powerful me. weapon here <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you were a stormtrooper <laughs> fuck it take this thing but, right. you know, we get an interesting battle. But, you know, we get Han Solo shooting uh, the crossbow. I like this thing. I have to believe he shot that at least once before during their 40 that's years. That's a rough scene, nope, that's guys. It. Nah, Chewie never let him. <laughs> never they hang more. out
0: for so long and they never do that. Um, so so in this scene, we also have the destruction of all of a planetary system using Starkiller base. Um,
3: they fire I the think,
0: weapon. I think... Finn is force sensitive. I still believe that because when that happens, he Hmm. hears all of the screams, like all of the audio for all of the screams is shown over Finn. Who's reacting to it.
1: Like really a whole
0: system is destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Like other than Leia feeling the disturbance in the force or Luke or Obi-Wan or Yoda, like we've never seen just a normal person feel that. And in the beginning of the movie, kylo senses something about finn and i have to believe it's more than like that guy was afraid because all of those stormtroopers would be afraid you know what i mean but like, i think he
3: noticed he noticed finn wasn't
4: attacking like all the other stormtroopers were
3: but he remembered the designation like he it yeah. was worth to him to at least be like that guy i i, I like that thought joe yeah because i i would love to see if he's force sensitive somehow he really We haven't seen a lot of that. We'll talk more next week on that. But yeah, if if that's the case, but we do see the devastating weapon. What bothers me, though, is there's no discussion like, well, now the New Republic's gone. That means like in practical terms, we have now only 25% of the ships or this is the only fleet we have now. There's no more like, how does it affect you? No one ever discusses like, oh, we don't have the government backing. It's just like, oh, some planets are gone. And I have no connection to those planets because I've never seen anyone be there.
4: Yeah, the the New Republic in general is not fleshed out at very well at all, like in this movie. And to another thing detriment. is when they blow up, yeah, and when they blow up all those planets, it's not Coruscant. So, wouldn't the New Republic well, be based yeah. on Coruscant? So Is one of them Naboo, Jacob? I, I don't know. I, would think, I don't you would think, think so. I think they're just Coruscant a bunch well. of
3: oh, we could only random hope.
4: throwaway planets.
3: There's a
0: bunch of random like, throwaway planets, and then very like Joss Whedon fashion, a cut to a close-up of a character we've never seen because their entire subplot was left on the cutting room floor.
3: So as much as they've done developing the characters, they have not done a great job developing kind of this new world order that we're supposed to be inserting ourselves into that's i think it's confusing yeah um but we do get to see the super weapon fire um much like uh, another movie i've seen it's no moon right but this one's another destroyer. multiple no this is talking about transformers
2: mike (laughs) this is unicron no 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 you're wrong it's actually star killer base
4: yeah which 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 is interesting they use the name star killer because if you played, you know, um, the Force Unleashed. Obviously, you know that 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 got the character from Force Unleashed is named Starkiller.
3: Or if you read the first or, draft yeah. script for Star Wars, you knew that Luke Skywalker was Luke Starkiller. Right. Right. <laughs> Which exactly. I think, oh, oh that's well.
0: another point I want to bring up real quick that we didn't talk about. Um, Killer Base, obviously pulled from Starkiller. If you take a look at any of the aliens in the ca- cantina, you might see the original design for C-3PO or Chewbacca. A lot of the original uh, Ralph Macquarie drawings were repurposed for mm. other creatures
3: in this franchise. Yeah, you see that Jacku Metropolis itself. sort of looking robot that's the C-3PO?
2: Exactly. Basically every landscape they had, they said, uh, you know what, let's just take what was Star Wars because we can kind of say to everybody, well, no, we didn't just
3: come up with it inspired by it. This was Star Wars. They paid this guy to make it look like Star Wars back then. Yep, this is the stuff. That's pretty awesome. They would use those McCreary drawings. Uh, I, I need to check again and see if the Wolfman is in there, though. I really, oh. really hope so. <laughs> He's not. If so I was down a director, why wouldn't brain. you just drop him in the background smoking a cigarette? <laughs> oh, dude, hell yeah. <laughs> I a love that. Stick. So we have uh, this kind of air and land battle happening with Finn and the traitor, the shock troopers. He gets saved. Uh, Poe does a sweet strafing run, and Finn is very impressed. Meanwhile, Rey has run into the woods, scared of the power and the vision she has with the lightsaber. Only to be confronted by stormtroopers and Kylo Ren. What do we think about this scene where, you know, like the heaviest menace on the planet, Mike? The way
2: that he's like crawling through the woods and just like knocking trees out of his way, he's just an unstoppable force. He is the juggernaut. He's, oh, yeah,
3: it's a I machete, love the right? mad dog thing that Joe said earlier. It's so awesome. He's just off yeah. leash. You don't know what he's gonna do. And I want to
4: talk about his lightsaber and his fighting style because his lightsaber, first of all, one of my
3: favorite, like, we should discuss it, it yeah.
4: Yeah, his lightsaber is up there with Darth Maul as like my two favorites. Pretty obvious choices, I guess. But the way he wields it, it's all—it's like almost heavier than like any other lightsaber because it's like a broadsword, and he's just kind of wielding it with like power he's just like hacking and slashing and it's kind of an undisciplined fighting style compared to like someone like obi-wan kenobi who's very disciplined and defensive right but he's just kind of wildly aggressive and just swinging you can feel the weight of it it's so good
3: it does have a weight that was lost in the prequels everything is so light and you know spinny and I'll do a flip. That's yeah. a cool trick. So I do like the weight of combat in this. They don't clash blades yet. I want to talk about that in the next section. We're going to dedicate that to the Star Killer finale. But while we're here, like, he's so menacing, you know, and like when he deflects her shots and then freezes her and he just holding the lightsaber next to her face. I mean, he's so intimidating. And they, they establish that power earlier and then he uses it to capture. her. I, I think it's pretty awesome. And he also puts her to sleep using the force at one point.
0: Yeah. What? Well, yeah, he mind controls too and rips knowledge out of people. Thematically, his lightsaber makes sense though because it's unstable. It's it's yeah. it's the same as him. I mean, it makes total sense that he would have this kind of wild weapon.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's like pulsing and like the the cross guards are almost like exhaust ports because it has like too much excess energy that it needs to like exhaust out the sides or something. It's great,
3: almost like throwing a temper tantrum from the kyber crystal itself. You know. Yeah. Um, she gets captured. He freezes her. Right. And you know, so this is another time where we have our heroine wearing white, getting captured by a bad guy in a black mask. It's not really that on the button. Cause it's happening in the second end of the second act, but she gets captured. Finn sees this, you know, and now he doesn't want to run anymore. He wants to go save Ray. Um, we get the, Rey, the Rey. heroics of the resistance and Leia shows up Han and her have the reunion. And, um, they decide they're going to go try to blow up Starkiller, and Leia does mention, "If you see our son, you know, bring him home," which yep. that'll come into play later. Anything else That's for right. Maz Kanata's planet before we go to assault the Starkiller base?
2: Nah, not my
3: favorite. <laughs> nah, you guys are traitors. <laughs> Coming up on the other side, we're assaulting Starkiller base. It's no moon, actually; it's a whole planet. See you soon.
2: We're back. We're on Star Killer Base. Mike was just defending Maz Kanata off pod, but what? it's obviously because he wears those big giant lenses. And then we pulled him up, and we see how small your eyes are, Mike. It's very weird, but okay. We're here. <laughs> we're on Star Killer Base. That's right. Um, you know, we said the last part not our favorite. This part um, I do like because it's it it's all coming to a head. Like it it really does. Like as the planet's exploding, and as these characters are like finding themselves and screaming at each other and making big, bold choices. I'm like, you know what? This is all fucking working for me.
3: To me, this is kind of the most new hope that we get um, because it involves an aerial strike. There's a literal trench. We have to free the Disney princess, let's say. This is our new Disney princess, Ray. right? She's the new franchise face, right? She has to be freed. She does a good job freeing herself, but there's a mission to infiltrate the Death Star
2: yeah, Han is a part of it, right? I mean, it's all Han, there.
4: That's not how the Force works. Yeah. Let me blow your mind <laughs> with another connection. Movie. Han is this movie's Obi-Wan because he's the mentor to Rey, who is uh, the Luke, right. and then he's killed yeah. by the Dark. Vader While they had to watch character. helplessly,
3: the same way Qui-Gon was killed while Obi-Wan no. had to watch helplessly, we have Poetry, oh, right? Oh, All three movies. So it rhymes. I love it. <laughs>
1: so,
3: but it is the yeah. most new hope. Uh, but it's fun, I think, uh... Highlights for me are the the battle in the forest pose, just the flying, like the trend. It's like really well done. Like the sense of speed, you know, we have modern technology.
2: Guys, I don't know. I don't know how you can say anything other than Han Solo. Like Jacob nailed it here. You get the stuff where he's refuting. That's not how the forest works. You get him coming up with the plan to hyperdrive through the shield land. No, we can't go higher because then they'll see us if we're not flying out of the trees. He's crashing things. Um, He says the classic, do they have a trash compactor? I mean, the glee and smile. He looks like the Grinch at the end of the Grinch cartoon when his smile is so twisted around (laughs) his face. Like Han Solo, Harrison Ford is having the best time of his fucking life. Because literally, like Jacob said, I'm about to die in 10 minutes. My paycheck will fund my plane flying for another (laughs) 10 years until I crash it. This is the height of my life. Yeah,
3: and like what is the mission here? They have to get the shields down, right? Similar to... They have to get the tractor beam turned off when their Obi Wan is the veteran leading the sneaking mission. Now Han Solo is the veteran leading the sneaking mission. So there are those parallels, and he ultimately makes the sacrifice. But yeah, he's great in this. He does take his jacket off like three times and throws it on the ground. I don't know where he keeps getting it back when he goes outside. But Chewie's like chasing he Put it on at one point.
2: Yeah, I'm like, wow, they're
3: passing that. But I like when
2: Chewie gets cold. Chewie hands it to
0: him at one point. Yeah, Chewie does. Another character we have not mentioned, did not talk about when we were introducing True. other characters, but you said the trash compactor line, Captain Phasma. Oh boy, Captain- what Phasma? Oh, fuck
2: Phasma.
4: Phasma doesn't matter. What dude. a miss.
0: She's the Boba Fett of you
4: know this this trilogy here's a the cool thing, looking though, character uh, who doesn't get much to do
0: you can't force a boba fett a boba fett happens naturally you don't choose the boba fett the
3: fans choose the boba fun fett. fact though that's true the number one selling toy for this movie line was the captain phasma toys so they found their boba fett
4: <laughs> yeah i to me she was just i mean she had a cool looking uniform and she was kind of like the, the leader of the stormtroopers that's all she Let really me ask another
3: question about phasma then because we see the silver armor in another popular series the mandalorian do we think there's any chance that phasma or people like that they took some of the beskar that was maybe in a safe somewhere after the purge you know way after i mean we knew the Empire impossible she have so. beskar armor is the real question because i think it does at one point deflect the blaster so. but i can't confirm that it might be in the next movie.
0: Uh, based on some next movie stuff, I would say it's definitely high level armor. Beskar
3: would make sense, and we know the Empire was rolling in it because they paid him in the first episode. So, yeah. But you know, that's a side question. That maybe maybe we'll get some more interesting backstory for her. Who knows? Um, but yeah, and this she's I kind just of wanna, flunky. You no, know, what do sorry, you want to say, Jacob?
4: Um. Uh. Well, if we're moving on, I wanted to talk about two quick facts that you guys well, can might I say know one about, thing about.
3: She yeah. totally fucking sells out to save her own life. They point a gun at her and say, turn down the shields. And she totally fucking does. Yeah. yeah
1: well, sucks, we can,
4: Right. I think she's not a true believer like Hux. Like if that was Hux, he probably would have refused because he's just so into the, you know, the New Orleans. So the she's First the Order, traitor. But, uh,
3: right? you know, it's her fault. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: she. I think she cares more about cowards, herself.
0: and they'll do whatever you tell them to if you put a gun in their face. There
3: you go. Nice. But go <laughs> um, ahead, Jacob.
4: Two quick facts about while we're talking about Star Killer and stuff. Number 1, Hansel, uh Harrison Ford of course did break his leg while shooting this movie or his ankle, mm-hmm. I believe, um which required surgery, had to get plates and screws put in because a door fell oh, on no. him, fell on his ankle. Um so that happened during the shooting of this. Um so sometimes you don't see him him shot in full his full body because he had um like oh, stuff going on with his ankle. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and then the other part, obviously, the famous cameo that most people probably may, may or may not know about, I guess, is, you know, Daniel Craig, the stormtrooper, right? James Bond, Daniel Craig,
2: plays a, a stormtrooper. Scene. Tighten those restraints. Comes in. to a, a climbed-up ray. Well, we should say first, um, in that interrogation scene beforehand, we finally see Kylo unmasked. We get to see Ben Solo. He's got Farrah Fawcett hair. It's very strange. He leaves. <laughs> She's inspired to... Oh, that guy was good at the force. He keeps saying, I'm good at the force. I should try the force. So she does it and uh, convinces James Bond, who happened to be shooting. Um, this was probably after Skyfall. So I would say Spectre on Pinewood Studios in London at the same time. They said, hey, just come over, put on some armor.
3: And he's the one yeah. in the freezer. I want to also talk about that, that interrogation scene you just mentioned, because that's like great Adam Driver, because a lot of people are like, oh, Kylo Ren's such a pretty boy. But how much cooler is it that like he's wearing this mask, and then Ray is like, "Yeah, you're being chased by a monster in a mask, a creature and in he a mask. Takes it off yeah. to show that he's a human,
2: and he's
1: beautiful. Who's oh, just Mike. capable it of in that scene? That
2: you does it hurt you that you lose the voice because the voice through the helmet sounds so oh, fucking so good. good and interesting and powerful. And later, you know, before when he's like, "Blah blah blah," she'll have to wait. The Millennium Falcon's here, and he does that dramatic turn. That's the time where you see him. Masked up, suited, but without the cowl, you know, the mm-hmm. wrap and the shroud. I think he looks amazing there. But then when he takes the helmet off, I'm with you, Mike, but I hate losing that voice. But you get
3: the sense of his, yeah. that he is, he has humanity, but he's willing to do such evil shit. And when he's just right next he to her. He seems a lot weaker emotionally. So alone. Yeah. Like when he's just reading her mind, it's like, Jesus Christ, like this is so much better than any it's the only dark side scene that's better is this tale of Darth play. Just the wise, just cause it's so cheesy. Like it's so dark. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it as but well. She resists him, um, and he doesn't perfect know what because, to do.
4: Yeah. And it's perfect because he's where he's wearing the mask through most of the movie. And he only takes it off when, you know, she says that line. Um, and their chemistry is so electric in that scene as well. It's just like, they play off each other so well. I'm and- so
2: desperate for them to end up together. Jacob's. <laughs>
3: Uh, I You're a Reylo. Reylo. you know um, if Padme can forgive Anakin for slaughtering the women and children too I guess that you know maybe she can forgive what <laughs> Kylo's done and you know
4: but she killed his his or he killed her father figure his actual father who becomes her, her father figure so um, but yeah I mean yeah so,
3: so good um, this is why we like Kylo at least the members of the Kylo fan club over here
4: yeah. And and I, like I love him with the mask. Where, um, and I love him yeah, without yo. the mask.
0: Where he's, he's reading her mind and, and he's like, oh, you think Han Solo is the father figure you, you never had? Trust me, he'd You'd you. You'd have been disappointed. Like, there's something so oh, pointed about that. Such a good line. That I really loved. I mean, I do. I think he's a. Crying he's about, about my dead, dead dad. He died 10
2: minutes ago when you met him. I knew him my whole life, and I'm the one who killed him. Like, get over it.
3: <laughs> so good. Well, he's, he doesn't get killed till after she escapes. So she's still trying to get up, but that's like a great sequence. We do get that. What do we think of the, um, as she's sneaking around, right? You, you will drop your weapon, you'll undo the restraints and leave the door unlocked and then drop your weapon. Do we like her sneaking around? Like we see kind of there's like cave walls intermixed with the technology. Like, do they do a good job of selling like the sense that this is built inside of a planet? Does that read for you guys?
4: Yes, I like it.
3: It, yeah, it doesn't always track for me like until this viewing like I didn't realize there was that much like rock formations in there so I, I don't know I guess I would have liked to mm. It's interesting. The point people point out, Mike, is that her
2: experience literally tunneling through the Imperial tech of her home of Jakku, the fact that she was a scavenger who literally had to, you know, use scaffolding and repel and like mountain yeah. climb and knows so much the Empire's technology. Like, obviously, she would be very good at sneaking through man-made oh, caves true. that are part of the metal.
3: Dang, that makes And of course, she would know Imperial technology, right? Or variants thereof. Um, so it's pretty cool.
4: And then with her escaping, we do get the good like visual comedy beat where they're, you know, Finn and Han are like trying to come up with a plan to find her. And there's talking and everything and they just look over and they see her and they're like, oh, well, that was easy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so they find her The best. And then they decide, all right, we got to blow up the oscillator. And that this is the big scene. I think we're going to be talking, you know, Han Solo sets the charges. They're off doing whatever the hell they're doing. And then Kylo Ren walks into the scene. Ben. Love it. What do we ah. like about this? Joe, you hit me first. Ben.
0: Oh, I think it it works perfectly. It's a good uh send-off for a character. I mean, I I don't know. It serves its purpose. I don't think uh it was surprising at all. I think everybody knew the second he stepped out on the scaffolding what was going to happen. I think this whole relationship I have a couple problems with to be honest. Like the reveal comes pretty non-ceremoniously in the middle of the movie from a character we only see one time in the movie. Um, right. I would have liked to see that actually oh. be a surprise hmm. or, 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 you know, maybe Leia tells, tells the audience when her and Han see each other again. Like, I don't know. It just felt like, sure. you know, that they're that he's his dad way
3: too soon. So, so who, who, market, who yeah. lets that slip? Is it Snoke? Snoke blows that load? Snoke. Yeah. In a Snoke, line, a dialogue. Snoke literally is like, Han Solo's but the conversation there. that You know, your Leia. father,
0: Han Solo. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: but the conversation Leia and Han are having is pretty equivalent to go get him,
0: go bring him back.
3: I saw our son. Yeah, and we. Yeah, but that's like afterwards.
0: after... We already, like We already know at that point. Like, if yeah, it, it does was get go revealed get by him, him, Kylo so. Ren, like, I don't know.
4: Right. Um, I have to... I disagree, Joe, because I think I like how like nonchalantly it's just revealed by Snoke. And it's almost kind of like an anti-twist where it's like, I don't know. It just, it works for me. Here's and what
1: i
2: In Star Wars, it's a secret. In this, it's not a secret to everyone. They know they've been right. betrayed by their
4: son who left. True. Right. But it's a secret to the viewer until they reveal it. Um, but I like the way it's revealed. And then, it, and then it, it's early enough that you have that in your mind of like, oh, that changes the whole character of Kylo Ren now that I know he's Han and Leia's son. So that kind of inflects the scenes that come after that. So if they revealed it later, then we wouldn't have known that. So I think it adds more dramatic weight to those. scenes. There's
0: really not that many more scenes in between it, that focus on those two characters, to be honest. I don't know. I just feel like like the second he stepped out, we knew it was going to happen. It wasn't, that was after, yeah, they're interrogating Ray after Han and Leia have had their reunion. Mm -hmm. So you would have gotten that then, Uh, not before. I don't know, I just, yeah. like, I wasn't surprised by it. Just like I a little wasn't... thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, when he steps but out, it's like, Jacob, okay, this is uh, Han's death scene, let's see him sell it. And, of course, he does a great job. It's two great actors, it makes sense. Jacob, um, can you do it? Can you do the whole thing? Is it,
2: uh, I have a terrible what? burden, and I, I need I want to be free I'll from get, this pain, come on, torn son. apart. Just, just, is that what he says? I want to be wanna free be, from this pain. Yeah. Will you help torn me?
1: Apart.
3: I know what I have to do, but me? I don't know if I have anything, the strength to do it. Will you help me?
2: Um, let me just let me help you. Come here.
4: And again, on, I mean, ben. Adam Driver just sells this so well. It. Um, Harris, I mean, I just think Harrison Ford and Adam Driver sell that scene like crazy. Every line that Adam Driver has is just so good and so much emotion behind it and you can feel how conflicted and torn apart he is and it's just it works so well for me. And obviously I knew he was going to you know, kill him, but it doesn't make it any worse of a scene. I think it's a, a great
3: scene. It, it makes me think about when Adam Driver, uh, Kylo, is looking at Darth Vader's helmet saying, I'll finish what you started. Looking back at the prequels and the originals, I'm trying to think, well, what did Darth Vader start? Did he grow his hair out to look like Darth Vader Anakin version before he got burnt up? Like, And what couldn't he finish? He couldn't truly purge the light from himself? And is that why it's like, I have to kill my dad. I have to purge all of the light out of me because Anakin couldn't, and that's why he saved Luke, yeah. and that's why the Empire lost. Because, right?
1: and he gets yeah, because Anakin he he hates like Luke that, because Luke yeah. tried
3: to kill him. So it's like, my granddad couldn't kill Luke, so fuck, man, I'm not going to be that weak, right? Is that his mission? Right. right, and that's that's what I'm thinking as I rewatch these. So for him to be still so conflicted, I'm feeling pull the light and then kill um, his dad. It's like, dude. What what a character. I don't know how people hate Kylo Ren.
1: Oh,
4: who would hate Kylo Ren? Yeah,
3: do they? People when this came out, they were like, Oh, he's such a whiny, like emo fucking Darth Vader wannabe. Oh, come on. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. They probably also say that Rey I mean is that's Mary exactly too. what he is. But that's it works. It, that's, his I think
4: point. that's why the, his character is great. Yeah. I would say even most of the Disney haters. Have to admit that he's he's a good character. Even yeah. even though next, week I mean, I we'll agree there, with everything said. I love you said, everything with him in the next he film works. too. Yeah.
3: So we lose the illustrious Han Solo. I think it's a fitting death for for a hero of his caliber. It's it's treated very well. It's very sad. Chewbacca's watching, and they blow that popsicle no. stand right. And Ray and Finn flee into the woods. Kylo pursues after being shot by Chewbacca uh in his stomach so this brings us to the confrontation of the x-wing go shoot him up and then the battle in the forest
2: finn tries Mm -hmm. it he tries to hold him off of course he bites it like jacob said we got the real like push that maybe finn would be the star of this series and then we get that hold on the lightsaber as kylo's trying to pull it this is his birthright this is what he deserves no it's not star wars is for anybody it can
4: go right to somebody else Goes right past him, into the hands of
3: this Rey. is another scene that people would like um, bitch about for lack of a better term. like, oh, Ray's never been trained. How did she beat Kylo and all this and that? But like if you watch it closely, even with Finn, Finn doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and Kylo is clearly just dicking around with him. Like, he knows he's better. Yeah, we get
2: that see, the first scene on Jakku where Finn's going to save her when somebody's trying to steal BB 8, and we see Finn, or we see Rey defend herself easily.
3: That's and right. It's like, oh, with she's a staff, a fucking badass. It's a different yeah. type so it's weapon. It's not like she hasn't had experience with hand to hand combat. Yeah. And, like, even when Kylo is fighting Rey, you see that he's, like, half assing it because, like, he doesn't want to kill her. And it's not until she like right. stabs him a little bit that then he immediately disarms her and is like, fuck this. Like, you know.
4: Yeah. At first he's just he's kind of showing off and he's like, you know, look how powerful I am with the force. And then obviously, you know, he wants to teach her, you know, he doesn't want to kill her. He wants to seduce her to the dark side to join. And it.
3: then it's until he's saying you need a teacher that she taps into the force and then is able to yes. overwhelm him. You need a teacher. Yep.
2: I could show you the ways of the force.
3: And then the planet decides to split them in half. But I love that, too, because the colors on their face are red and blue of the lightsaber showing that they're each in a state of flux. She could go either way because she acts the way Luke act in Return of the Jedi, where she finally gets the upper hand and is just full rage mode. Like she's tapping into the dark side in that moment. Like she wants to kill him. Right. And like that's like Luke in Return of the Jedi. And it takes the planet splitting in half for her to be able to calm down. Um, So they're both on the precipice of him going towards the light and her going towards the dark. We have no idea. And that's what leaves this on such an interesting note, uh, I think, is that scene in particular. Agreed. Thank you. Any thoughts on this battle, Joe?
0: Uh, I like it. I mean, you have Finn stabbing uh like like i think it's important to note how fucked up kylo is this whole time he got shot with a bowcaster which we've seen literally annihilate people mm-hmm. he's coughing up blood finn nicks him twice uh and then he gets nicked by ray again before the planet breaks apart so i mean like he gets yeah, i love when he's so fucked he's up he's
4: like hitting himself
0: to like, to like psych himself up, himself up, and up or can, whatever you can yeah. see
4: he's bleeding and stuff yeah, so good the pain
0: yeah i mean i think um I guess it's kind of a hot take. I like Kylo without the mask more than with it. I like when you see what he is underneath. You know, I like uh, I like the conflict. I like seeing, and you know, I think this is what works. Like he is an emo wannabe Darth Vader. That's exactly what he is. He's an angry teenager who's complaining and saying this is what Star Wars is, And Um, and that works really, really well when you can see someone who's like ugly handsome doing it. Like, I don't know. It works for me. I love the idea that he is, I don't know, like, actually failing in that moment, too. Like, I don't believe that, like, he's just playing with them. No, I don't think he's all that great with a lightsaber either. Like, hmm. I don't think anyone's that great with a lightsaber in this movie.
3: Well, he did get fucked um, up, like you said, yeah. But I think he definitely is at a level of training where he's kind of trying to show off like he's the kid two grades ahead of you, right? He's not that good.
1: He, ah, he could just, just do a yeah,
3: kickflip yeah, and you can't.
4: I think yeah, yeah his training isn't complete. You know, it wasn't completed by with when he was with Luke, and he's still incomplete. But he he, I think he just has a, like uber like aggressive fighting style that can leave him, you know, vulnerable in certain at certain times. And so he he hasn't learned to like control himself yet, which I think is it's interesting, really primal.
2: Supreme primal.
3: leader, the fuel cells have ruptured.
2: Bring me Kylo Ren to finish his training.
3: Which we've <laughs> seen, yeah, we see him using form one and at least form two. In this, which form one oh, is like that, just Mike. primal, like basic swings and stuff using your emotions. Mm-hmm. Then form two is deflecting blaster bolts because you need that defensive vocabulary. So he's still Dude, early on. You're totally going to earn that purple lightsaber, yeah. Mike. Fucking, you're <laughs> going to fucking teach all of us by the end of this. Well, yeah.
4: And to the point in this film, like he hasn't had to really fight anyone that's on his level anyway. So he doesn't need to be like a complete master because he can just easily own yeah, Slaughtering villagers is a Jedi.
3: lot easier than fighting Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think it's a good fight. It's very primal. I love the the snow and the steam and the trees getting cut down. Like the use of the environment, like it's a really well done fight. It's you know, I don't know where to put it. it depends on my mood, but it's it's up there maybe in the top three or four. Probably it's right yeah, under I, probably the Revenge of the Sith one. Um
4: I might go, yeah, might I might go one next week though, guys. Turn of the That's Jedi true.
3: Return of the Jedi, Empire, Phantom Menace. Duel of Fates. Yeah. Yeah. But,
4: it's top
3: five. Yeah,
2: Top five. It wraps up. Number five. We get through the duel. Uh, they fly back. You know, Princess Leia's crying. Again, a lot of uh, complaints here that she's not running up to Chewie. She's hugging Rey instead. Right. Uh, and we get the wrap up here, guys. We get a moment that I really want to point out how much I hate because we stop down, and I do think this is a film that's bad at pacing. Mm-hmm. We stopped down earlier in the movie to have C-3PO say, Other than talking about his dumb red arm, and we haven't even fucking mentioned that in this movie yet. (laughs) Oh, uh, BB-8. That's R2-D2. He's a piece of shit. He's really low, and um, he doesn't talk anymore. And obviously he was a main character in the other movies, so if you think he's going to be in this one, here's his little cameo or whatever, and he's not going to be in any of the others, so don't worry about it. And also, if you thought he was the MacGuffin of the movie, he's not. We're directly telling you he's not right now. Well, they get back to this base, and then it's oh, by the way, he wakes up and he was part of the MacGuffin. Right. Why Why even right. outlandishly stop the film to say, by the way, if you think you're ahead of us, you're not, even
3: though you are. Yeah, the fact that R2-D2 is out of commission until the plot needs him to wake up, that's kind of lazy. Yeah, the it droid doesn't make awakens. sense to me. And the droid awakens, the only thing.
4: <laughs> the droid awakens. <laughs> I mean, Working the obvious title. reason why they did that is because they really, they really wanted to push... Um, bb-8 you know for merch merchandising reasons but you know gives r2d2 a little more to do he doesn't need to be asleep yeah, but it's the, whole the movie.
2: plotting that i can't stand to literally have c-3po say oh don't worry he's he doesn't hold the key that everyone's looking for but he's part of the map right. that bb-8 projects into he is part of the key
3: yeah and if he would have just doesn't woken up before the run on Star, like they could have just gone and gotten luke Skywalker. anyway we're Yeah, easily. It's weird, though.
2: Anyways, but Mike, we end. We fly off. We go to a place we're going to learn is called Act Two. I'm having a force vision. I'm making that up in my head. I don't know how it's called Act Two. But we end up on a planet. Bless you. We walk up, thank you, to a beautifully white-robed man who takes down his little gray shawl. We see a metal hand we've never seen before straight out of like uh, fucking 2001 A Space Odyssey. or Terminator,
3: yeah. And fucking, there he is, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill. And he says nothing, credits. But, it's that's an right. epic moment. The helicopter... The, do next. the circling helicopter shot lasts a little bit long, but yeah, that's it. She, they get the map to Luke Skywalker, and they've found him. Find out what happens next time on Star Wars, right? And that's the big cliffhanger. You might like it, you might yeah, hate it. Yeah, she, uh, but she brings the lightsaber to him. He clearly recognizes it. He has a look of... Uh, it's hard to read what he's thinking, and we'll find out what he's thinking next week, but that's where we're left here. So, I say let's go ahead and jump to the wrap up and final thoughts on the force awakens um thanks for coming along for the ride once again punch it
2: We're back. Once again, we hope that wait wasn't too long from Return of the Jedi to Force Awakens. Uh, It was a pretty short break, we have to say, Normies, because we're wrapping up here, talking on the Force Awakens. Um, I'll start here, Colin, you know, the way we've been doing this is our our Jedi, our Sith, and our Jar Jar, our good, our bad, and our ugly, but just to do the general thoughts, um, we did a lot of talk about how this is a remake or whatever. That's an impossible task. You know, he didn't just have to remake Star Wars. He had to sell Star Wars to an international audience for the first time. And how do you do that? By just going, okay, let's just give them Star Wars. And that's what he did. And I I like the movie. So I'll just say, um, my Jedi here, I like the self-rising blue bread. We didn't talk about that at all. That's a practical (laughs) fact that Ray does. I think that's one of the coolest things ever, her just making that. Obviously, homage to the blue milk, um... BB-8, yeah, he's my standout character in this. He's so funny. We also didn't mention the thumbs-up he does with the lighter, maybe the coolest moment in the movie. Oh,
4: I love that, too. I shouted it out a little.
2: Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and we didn't talk about... uh, Bill Hader does the weird vocal effects for the vocoder vocoder that makes his noises.
4: Oh, really?
1: That's true, yeah.
4: That's interesting. Colin, when that scene happened... I was watching with Cole, friend of the show... um, we were watching Force Awakens. That scene happens where he gives the thumb up with the lighter. I made, I rewinded it because Cole wasn't paying attention. I was like, "Watch this. This is the best part of the movie." <laughs> it <laughs> is. The
1: yeah. Best. Well, he immediately give
4: you the thumbs down afterwards.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, I'll tell you my Sith though. Um, I said it before. The stopping down that they do with R two. That's such a weird moment. Um, but beyond that, Starkiller base in general, it's just so weak. I, I pitched in the return of the Jedi episode. I think that's how they should have doubled down on that original trilogy. but if you're gonna start something new, don't don't just do that. You, you got to do bigger and better. And then if we're talking my jar jar, look, it's a bummer what they did with Snoke in this movie. I don't ever like a character that's ever introduced in any property where the director says, and I gave you that perfect character there so that in the next movie you can set him up however you want and do with whatever. No, obviously every character should be fully fleshed out and developed. Snoke's pretty cool in the next movie. We know that he's got some glitz and glamour. So the dichotomy of the weird presentation in this where he's a guy who's like, no, I like to be in as much dark shadow as possible, and I'm mysterious, and I'm gigantic. That's not really the Snoke we're going to get to understand. So that's <laughs> that's the weird. That's the ugly of this, guys. I don't know. That's
3: a tease. But uh, Mike, I'll throw it to you. All right. So Force Awakens, um, I like it. It is, you know, the soft reboot territory, which that'll be one of my points. So I'll just jump into them. My Jedi is all the new characters, the way they've established those relationships. I love The arc of, you know, Finn learning not to run away and Rey learning that she can't stay still, that she must become an agent of change in her own life and in the story unfolding around her. Um, And Kylo Ren is so conflicted, too. And he now he made a choice, a very strong choice to pursue the dark side in this film. So seeing where those go is going to be great. The bad for me is just its sense of place because of the way the crawl is so wonky and like why is the First Order so powerful versus the Resistance? Why do we have a Resistance if it's backed by the government? I, I just don't love that part of the world building. Um, it feels kind of like Disney's fanfic Star Wars to a degree. But that being said, the good outweighs the bad here. And the ugly is just the amount of callbacks to the soft reboot nature where Orphan on a Desert Planet there's a robot with a map, guy in a black mask captures and tortures somebody, rescue mission, ball-shaped thing. It's like, okay, it's, it's all very on the nose, but I do like Starkiller-based, the fact that it literally sucks the whole power of a star until the sky goes dark in order to fire. Very on the nose for a weapon that creates darkness and sucks light from the universe, dark side versus light side. It's pretty direct, but I, I like that idea. Ooh. So that's me. Uh, I enjoy this. It's probably right in the middle, I would say, of my Star Wars movies from like most favorite to least favorite. It's probably just like dead center because it's it's treading. It's introducing new characters, but it's treading a lot of the same ground that other films have done better. Uh, that's me. Joe, how about you?
0: Um, all right. Well, we'll start with the good, right? The Jedi. It feels like Star Wars. Um, there's no way to really explain what that means other than when you see it, you know it, and you feel it. This movie has got the goods. Uh, The production design, the practical effects, the characters, the relationships between them, the comedy, uh, the action, it really all works. It's firing on all cylinders. J.J. Abrams knows how to uh, recreate or pay homage to the greats. The Sith. He doesn't know how to make an interesting plot. Um, I think this movie is kind of poorly paced, and I love all the characters in it, but I don't really care about anything that happens into it. It kind of kind of feels like exposition or filler. It's just uh, introducing you to characters you're gonna like, but not really giving them much to do. Hell, Poe disappears for half the movie, and I understand that you know he was written to die, but that was changed. If that's changed, you should probably include him in the plot a little more. Um, the weird, the jar jar C three PO. Um, I felt like Jacob, I just, I fucking hated him in this movie, but I also (laughs) hated R two and I just, I don't, I don't need him, man. Like, I I think Luke Skywalker saying nothing is probably the best, like, any of the old characters could do in this other than giving Han, like, a send-off. And that's kind of biased because I love Han, but other than, like, if I could separate myself from my love of that character, I kind of wish all of these characters weren't in it at all, with the exception of, like, our new heroes at the end find them and they're all sitting somewhere silent. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean like, we
2: praised Han jo, but we didn't talk about him hunting wrath beasts
0: like that raptars. entire part it's like ooh, wrath tars. I mean, like, Thank I you. Like, let's uh, go ahead and throw that out. I don't like J.J. Abrams, like, period. I guess he can't structure a plot, and like it has pacing issue issues the same way a New Hope does. So I guess if you're soft rebooting that movie, it makes sense to have some of the same issues. Um, but overall, like. I don't know I could do I could I could watch a supercut of 20, 20 30 minutes of this give me the cool Kylo stuff the funny post stuff the good moments between Ray and Finn and uh that's all I really need you know what I mean like I, I I don't need the whole two hours and 20 minutes I really just need 15 or 20 to meet the characters and then go on the adventure with them which I guess is kind of how I feel about New Hope so maybe that's a me problem hmm. but uh yeah those are my final thoughts
1: gotcha
4: Jacob um. Real quick, why does C three PO have a red arm?
1: Read does the know? in a comic book. It's diff- they talk about in a comic
4: book how a robot
2: that sacrificed its life for him died, and the only thing that survived from an acid rain was his arm. And he says, "Oh, put that on me. I'll help me remember." It. Who fucking cares? I don't like
3: that. He also <laughs> has a he has a silver leg in a New Hope that's never explained. You know, oh, it's just yeah. little changes. Oh, that's right yeah. too. Well, Bucks Here, here's theory. my other off-colored appendage. Remember that?
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Jacob, um, hit us.
4: So, first of all, yeah, I like this movie. I think, um, you know, I have to agree with most of what you guys said. Um, I think it's basically exact middle. I don't think it it's groundbreaking or try, takes a lot of risks, but I think it's perfectly acceptable in, and an enjoyable Star Wars movie. It's cookie cutter. Um, yeah, and... So for my Jedi, I would say, obviously, what I've been hitting on all episode, Kylo Ren, fucking best yeah. part of this movie. Um, and I think Kylo Ren and Han Solo, I think Adam Driver, Harrison Ford, fucking are the MVPs of this movie. Um, every scene with Kylo and Ray is great. Every scene with Ray and Finn is great. Um, and I like all the new characters. And I really like the cinematography, the effects, the battles. It, it, the production value is great. Um, for the Sith, my bad I had to agree with Mike The relationship between the New Republic The Resistance, how they came along I, I wish it was explained more um, I kind of have like my own headcanon reasons That I that have kind of made up Just because it wasn't explained um, But yeah, like why even have the New Republic If only just to kill them um, And how does the First Order come out of the ashes of the Empire And they're even bigger and better than ever Doesn't make a lot of sense um and for the for the sit for the jar jar i'm gonna have to go with maz canada not a huge fan of her not a huge fan of the the wasted potential of captain phasma um there's a lot of stuff that like looks cool in this movie and then it's like just kind of there and like doesn't like you know snooke captain phasma they're not really that important to the plot and they could have been had more potential
2: well, there's so, a lot of puppetry and physical and practical stuff, Jacob, and you just listed two that Snoke stuff, yeah. and Maz Kanata, where I'm like, why are those mocap performances? Right.
4: They're so dumb. And like the CG of Maz Kanata doesn't even look that good to me. Like it looks like something that could be could have been in the prequels, which you know isn't really a a, a big compliment or anything. So would have preferred s- something else for Maz Kanata rather than the design
0: we got. What a waste of Lapita too. Like,
4: yeah, yeah, and she's I was a just great actress. Say.
0: She was yeah. so hot at the moment too. Like this was right after she popped on the, the scene Right, and they were like, oh, she's going to be in it. It was like, wow, can't wait to see who she plays. Yeah. Just um, give her
4: some like practical just give effects, her a forehead, make her an Star alien. Yeah. 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 Make her a Klingon. Um, <laughs> but no, I think overall this movie is perfectly adequate. And just to briefly mention, you know, we'll get into it next week, but I think a lot of the problems that people may have with the next movie started here and, really we're more to blame on jj abrams than ryan johnson so i'll leave it at that
3: all right some of the world building i want to leave my final thought of one more really great connection that's like poetry they rhyme the person who had the map that put it in the drawer that got captured by the bad guy is rescued by somebody in a stormtrooper outfit who turns out to be an ally thank you and good night ladies and gentlemen (laughs) i'm here to rescue you (laughs) (laughs) aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper that's all poe needed to say (laughs) all right next
2: week normies we let the past die we're talking the last jedi so that's it for here on the normies like us talking force awakens this has been your host colin
3: mike canada you love me
4: uh
0: joe Damron,
4: and this is kablo ren signing off
3: i want to be free of this pain (laughs) you know
4: what i have to do (laughs) hit and stop wake me up
3: wake me up eh. i can't wake up i can't just kill my dad
4: Kyler run's the fucking best.
3: Hello there. Thank you for listening to this very special Star Wars edition of Normies Like Us. We will be back for more Star Vember and Wars Simba. And you will. Give us a rating, like, and subscribe on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Catch you soon, normies. May the Force be with you.